0: As pet lovers, understanding the term spectrum of care in veterinary medicine is key to our furry friends' well-being. Join us in this episode as Dr. Michelle Evason returns to the podcast to define this idea from preventative measures to specialized treatments. Get ready for a deeper insight into pet health care today on the Family Pet Podcast. Welcome into the Family Pet Podcast, the podcast for curious pet parents. Where we believe the more you know about pet healthcare, the better pet parent you can be. Once more, it is me. My it is I, Michael Shirley. Reminded me of G Gordon Liddy. It is I, the G Man. What is I, Shirley Number One? Joined by my you brother. Are
1: not Shirley Number I'm One. Number Two. No, you are Number Two. You are a big Number Two. <laughs> I'm Shirley. Oh, yeah, nice. So what are you talking about? What I'm
0: Shirley you... Number One on this podcast. Whatever what you get when you're the boss who's the boss he's not kidding. we're gonna edit that one out <laughs> well one of these days we're going to get video added to this show uh, so that you can see steven's disgust on his face but uh, we are here for the family pet podcast steven not to rehash old sibling rivalries we're here to talk about um, with a repeat guest, uh, Dr. Michelle Evison, board-certified small animal internal medicine veterinarian, uh, is going to be joining us today on the podcast to talk about um, a term that maybe our pet parents out there have heard called, the term is, the spectrum of care. Right. So, Dr. Evison, welcome back to the Family Pet podcast.
2: Oh, thanks so much for having me. You
0: too. Sorry, you had to deal with a little bit of uh, brotherly love there, or hate. Well, Michael
1: I'm is called. Michael is never gotten over being. The second. I uh,
0: really have never gotten over Stephen's abuse of me growing up, where he, you know, things like uh, were locking me outside in my underwear in a
1: snowstorm. I think that the, the listeners at this point no longer believe that, because that's the only example you can ever share. Oh, I could share more, but so but we only have an hour. Actually, we only have 30 minutes, and we,
0: we need to get right to it, because we're talking about something the opposite of Stephen's affection towards me growing up. Ah, uh, there was a lack of care. There was no spectrum. It was zero. But when it comes to pets, we have this term, the spectrum of care. Doctor Everson, what when we when we hear the the term spectrum of care, what the heck are we talking about?
2: Yeah, it's a great question, it's a pretty pretty new term or new ish. And so. It's, it's defined as using the best medical evidence. And so usually like publications that have been through peer review or when there's not those expert opinion to provide veterinary care to pet owners across a spectrum of pet owner needs. Um, one of the most obvious examples of that being cost. So as we, as we know, um, some there are sometimes economic limitations on what pet owners can spend, um, irrespective of how much they love and adore their, their baby. Um, I'll just go ahead and use that term. That's what the term that I use. Hopefully it doesn't offend anyone. And so um, that's, that's sort of what, in a nutshell, spectrum of care needs is, is delivering the best evidence-based care across a spectrum of pet owner needs.
0: There are not many listeners of the Family Pet Podcast that um, just consider their pets like that's just a dog. They're, they're not property. They're yeah.
1: not property to they're, our listeners. They are family members. They're fur they're, babies.
0: Fur babies, that's right. So they're, we have pet parents here. No one's listening. offended by that.
1: <laughs> the thing that jumps to my mind might be diagnostic testing. Is that, is that what maybe the, the easiest or, or simplest way to identify something that can fall really wide spectrum of care options?
2: Yeah, that, that's that's certainly one of them. I think it's sort of the classic example. I hate to use the word classic because of care hasn't been around very long. Is is actually canine carbovirus. and you know you've got that really mm-hmm. sick puppy and. Unfortunately, a very high bill um, many times in, in terms of stabilizing that puppy and allowing it to live. And so, what what can we do as veterinarians to decrease the cost of that for pet owners? That, again, you know, considering pet owner economic challenges and the impact of this on pet care, that's that's always been part of veterinary practice. And COVID. Really worsened that, I think. And you and know that increasing veterinary costs over the last decade have led to a lot of clients not seeking vet care. Um, and so, back to that example of Parvo, some of those pups would be euthanized because people couldn't afford and can't afford to pay those high bills associated with stabilization.
0: One thing that I've really struggled with like, people, uh, I've been a guest on other people's podcasts, and they've asked me what keeps me up. One of the questions was, What keeps me up at night? And I said, I I worry that we were pricing ourselves out of being able to take care of everybody. Um, the yeah. my fear is that vet, quality veterinary care is going to become a luxury item, and so we're going to have we're going to see a growing divide um, of between pet owners that can afford vet care and those that cannot afford vet care, um, and that worries me. Um, yeah. be, because the reason it worries me is because it's really troublesome for my team. You know, the team here at Family Pet Health, when they know that they can save a pet, but ultimately it comes down to whether the pet parent can afford to do that or not. And they may say, well, I, I just, I can't do it. And, and in a worst, worst case scenario, the pet owner, when, when given the estimate, says, well, if you really cared about animals, you would help me. And yes. that's what and, keeps me and, up at night.
2: And, and I think it should keep all of us up at night. Not, not that I'm wishing that on, on you or, or anyone else, lack of sleep. But I think we, we need to make some changes in the profession. And I think we need to make some changes specifically within the veterinary curriculum when we're training veterinarians so that we can allow for delivering care across the spectrum so that that kind of moral distress in veterinary teams or being upset because we know that you know, having to use some nice pets, especially as associated with cost, is, is one of the big drivers for veterinarians having um, distress and, and sometimes leaving the profession. Right? And so I think we need to make some changes. And, and this is one of the ways that myself and, and actually um, my husband, Dr. Jason Stull, have been quite involved in is defining spectrum of care and then practically working to train veterinarians in, in how to deliver it.
0: What are some of those things that if you could wave a magic wand and equip a veterinary team with skills that you think currently our industry professionals are lacking, what would some of those skills or uh, knowledge be?
2: Yeah, and I, it's a great question. I think a lot of it is communication, right? And and or for pet owners as well as veterinary teams and, and it really is the whole team you know not just the veterinarian but also nurses technicians front end staff everybody being clear on on outcomes right like what are what are we wanting for a specific pet um you know is it is it a longer life is it quality of life um what's working and those might be different for for different pet owners Um, and so being clear on those and and communicating what those goals are and then sort of breaking things down into very clear-cut options with costs associated with them um, or also resources because spectrum is is not it's about cost and that's kind of the obvious part but some of it is access to care too right like there are pet owners that live in in areas where Being referred to a specialist or or even just getting to a veterinarian can be tough. Um, There are pet owners where more invasive diagnostics or interventions may not be the best option for them or their pet, either due to cost or because that's just not their belief. And so, again, being able to communicate on options is probably, for me, where where I think it starts. Um, And also feeling okay to have those conversations. Um one of the things that I think a lot of veterinarians worry about is is liability, um, right? and and you know if if they're not making that what is often referred to as a gold standard recommendation, are they going to get in trouble from you know either a licensing body or somebody else? And so um, again, being very clear on what the outcomes are for a specific pet and and family that, loves that pet or that pet owner um, is is where this starts and then also part two the practical part is, is looking for those evidence sort of based resources to help support some of the various options and I've written a couple articles for veterinary practice news on topics like heartworm and parvovirus and, and even things like, you know, hot spots that sort of break that down and, and sort of walk through that how to deliver spectrum of care options for clients, pet owners.
1: I think I, I really appreciate the, the – what you've said here in that I think it will help our pet parents – understand what the veterinarians are maybe having to consider and having to process and factor in, Um, how do pet parents, how do pet owners, um, when they have concerns and maybe aren't getting a spectrum of care discussion, how do they introduce that or, or broach that topic with their veterinarian?
2: Yeah, and I think I think there it's it's, it's speaking up and bringing it up and, and asking about are there other options and saying things like we'd like this to be about shared decision making or also being very clear about their own needs, right? Like sometimes if, if one of the options for spectrum of care is going to involve a, a lot of nursing care by the particular family, but they're busy and there's no one at home that's available to do that. Then that may not be an option that works for them. So again, it it really is about trying to focus on what needs are for on both sides, um, the veterinary team as as well as the pet owner, in order to get to that outcome that everybody has in common, like pet health and life quality.
0: Do you think that the introduction and acceptance, the the growing acceptance of pet insurance, is an is one of the solutions to this discussion?
2: I love that you brought that up because I, I absolutely do think that that's the case I think a lot of a lot of the things that are hard so again going back to that parvo example or things that we don't prepare for in, in life, um, and again on both sides part of the pet owner as well as the veterinary team and then you're in that situation um, and, and you know, sometimes you can afford to pay and sometimes you can't, and sometimes you just need some help. And so pet insurance is one of those ways where you can kind of get out ahead of, of things that do happen um, and, and have that as, as something that can help come up with a, a plan for, for payment when it's needed. Preventive care is another, right? Um, you know, so, you know, Making sure that there's tick prevention, there's heartworm prevention, there's vaccines that are being given, and um, paras the GI parasite control, so that we don't get to the stage where things do cost a lot of money.
0: So, at the, when I'm hearing spectrum of care, I think about the, like you said, the access to care. We, because of the advancements in technology, some of it's been developed on the human side and transferred to the animal side, and some the other way around. Uh, but we we have the ability now to fix or address just about everything, um, but some of them come with a great great cost, um, and and some pe- sometimes the the you can get you can get to or the 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 resources are out there, but it's hard to get
1: to them. Right. So I think about if if it like an MRI. Mm-hmm. I think from our location, the closest MRI is three hours away. Maybe so. If a pet parent, that that to me seems like a a obvious obstacle, right? So, uh, how do
0: pet parents plan for this? Like, what advice do you have for them to plan for financially? You know, um, in that that area of the spectrum of care, and then just the access to care. How, How do you? What advice do you have for our curious pet parents as they think about this? How they should plan for it.
2: I think my number one is is have a conversation with your veterinarian and your veterinary team about what you can do to exactly, as you said, plan, whether it be pet insurance, whether it be, you know, what preventive care options are available to me so that we can stop some of these really severe diseases that do cost a lot of money or that you, using your example, driving three plus hours, what what can we do to prevent those things? Um, Whether it's, you know, preventive testing like wellness testing or testing for parasites or or whether it's, again, using that tick and heartworm prevention. Um, And sometimes it's as simple as weight loss too, right? Like if, if the pet is overweight, what can we be doing to intervene so that we don't, have increased risk of developing, you know, throwing a disc or a back, having back pain and needing access to an MRI.
0: And the best time to have these conversations uh, is early in the pet's life <laughs> uh, when everything is fun I, and exciting and the pet is genuinely, or like, healthy. Um, the time to have yeah. those conversations I, about planning for sickness is not when the pet is sick.
2: I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. And it, it really does come down to communication, um, and and just basic preventive care a lot of the time.
1: I I want to summarize and and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what I've taken away for a pet parent: is to obviously, like Michael just said, have a planning conversation early in life. At that time, and and. You know, things change over years, but have those conversations where you can, as the pet parent, you can relate or or relay information about obstacles to care, whether that might be financial, whether I, I think about some of our senior uh, senior clients who say, hey, I can't do pills because I can't open the pill bottle. And we're like, oh, yeah, let us help with that. But it might be an inability to to pill to give a, a pet pills or get them to eat it, um, but it might be access to I can't come to the clinic for a monthly injection mm-hmm. of this treatment. I don't I don't have my work schedule that doesn't work. So relaying all of those obstacles, but then having a conversation where this is our goal and here's how we can get there and with clear outcomes defined. This is what. This is what a positive outcome looks like um, when that's for each pet parent, each pet, each veterinarian specific.
2: Yep, that's exactly it. And and check in often and and don't be shy, right? Um, Things change. You 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 mentioned seniors, um, and that applies to pets too. So pet needs change over time, but, but being proactive about having those conversations can really help. Um, and then also when you're in a situation, because life can happen um, that you don't predict, being very open about asking what those options might be um, across the spectrum of care. And I think it's hard in the profession sometimes, at least when I went to school, um, it was It was not something that we felt comfortable with as veterinarians talking about money and costs it made a lot of us feel uncomfortable but i think we have to get over that so that we can meet those shared goals and so breaking costs down into buckets is is sometimes helpful so like if you have less than hundred dollars to spend, what can we do for right. that? If you have between a hundred to five hundred dollars to spend, um, again, let's let's be clear on, on what goals we have and and also what we're working with, so that we can come up with the best options to suit an individual pet owner's needs for their pet.
0: That begins by interviewing your veterinarians before you start on this journey. So if you are new, <laughs> if you are new to getting, like, hey, this is our first pet you should take some time to interview the veterinarians that are in your area and find the place that matches up with your goals. So, you know, family pet health is very different than the other vets around us. We're not for everybody. Um, and that's okay. We we physically couldn't be the veterinarian for everybody in our town. But, um, you know, there are people that are looking for what we have to offer. And then there are people that are like, yeah, I don't I don't need all that. And and so they, there are other veterinarians in the area that can meet their needs, and that that goes along with the spectrum of care as well. And so, as you all, as you're listening to this, you know, make sure always, you know, kind of stress test that relationship. Make sure that you're using the veterinarian uh, that that matches up with your goals for your pet. And so, take some time to do that, Doctor Everson. It is time in our show that we move to our fun fact. This is the part of the show where you're going to share some wonderful information that other people if they weren't listening to the family pet podcast may not know this is going to help our curious pet parents win trivia night or at least impress their friends and family at dinner so dr everson what nugget of wisdom did you bring for our fun fact today
2: thank you um i think the fun fact for me um and this might be because i've got some silver in my hair these days is that Spectrum of care is is happening. So it's a concept that was introduced just before the COVID-19 pandemic and recognizing the need for spectrum of care or options for pet owners um, that were individualized. And again, cost being the, the biggest example of that. But as of now, this is a concept that is actually being taught in some veterinary schools like Ohio state, Davis and, and Canada and the Ontario vet college. Um, so it is inc- being included in curriculums, and, and that's actually pretty fast for veterinary medicine and academia to adopt yeah. those sort of changes to meet pet owner needs.
0: Hi, higher ed is not known for moving quickly. Yet. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> which is because in- this industry is changing rapidly. So, um, so good, good job on helping get that word out and making a difference for uh, the future uh, leaders in our industry.
2: It's My pleasure. Thank you both.
0: Well, we appreciate you joining us on the Family Pet Podcast and educating our curious pet parents out there about the spectrum of care. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Uh, be sure to like and follow. Yeah, give us a little... Is yeah. it a
1: star? Five stars. I like five stars rather I mean, than one. Just
0: give us whatever you think we're worth or or whatever, you know. And if you think we can be doing better, well, I know we can be doing better, but give us any of your advice. Shoot us an email. Stephen, what's the email address? Because I gave it out wrong last time. The family pet podcast at gmail.com. Oh, that's pretty easy. Yeah. Okay. Well, (laughs) we hope that you will take a moment, like and follow, give us your feedback. If you have any questions or want to suggest that we um, have a guest on, please uh, let us know that as well. Until next time, stay curious. Family Pet Podcast is a podcast for curious pet parents where we believe the more you know about pet health care, the better pet parent you can be. The Family Pet Podcast is a production of Family Pet Health PLLC and is recorded in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. The statements made as a part of this show should not be taken as an establishment of any form of a veterinary client-patient relationship. All comments are for entertainment and educational purposes only and you should reach out to your local veterinary partner before taking any action on anything that you've heard here today. We hope that you will share this podcast with a friend, and it would mean so much to us if you would take a moment to leave a review and follow wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Show notes, links, and videos to accompany today's show can be found at the family pet podcast.com.